0: Good morning, great to have this opportunity to open up God's Word together with you. I want to go ahead and pray for us again briefly, and then we'll begin. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would use this time in your Word to make us all more like the Lord Jesus Christ as we are considering husbands and their call to live with their wives in an understanding way and to show honor to them. We pray especially for the husbands here today that we would all consider and be challenged by the call to love our wives as Christ loved the church. But we pray in everything for all of us that you would help us to fix our eyes on the glorious salvation that awaits and to understand what it looks like for each of us in our various stages of life to follow Jesus, to take up our cross and follow him. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna ask you to go ahead and turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter. We're gonna be looking specifically at chapter three, verses one through seven, verse seven especially today, as we continue our study in 1 Peter. As always, I wanna encourage you to open to the passage so that you can follow along and keep your Bible open throughout our time, because we're going to be looking often at the passage in our time together this morning. We're in chapter 3 of 1 Peter now, but I want you to see how what we've covered so far in the book fits together, and how our passage today is connected to everything that's come before it. So if we were to go back to the first half of chapter 1, we'd see how Peter describes the glorious salvation that God has accomplished for his people, right? He chose us in eternity past. He set us apart by his spirit. He cleansed us by the blood of his son. More than that, we learn that God has caused us to be born again. He has given us a living hope and guaranteed that we will receive an imperishable inheritance, namely, eternal life in his glorious presence in the new heavens and new earth. Then in the second half of chapter one, he begins drawing out implications for how we should live in light of all that God has done for us, right? We're to set our hope fully on Jesus. We're to be holy as God is holy. We're to live in reverent fear of God and we're to love one another constantly. Then in chapter two, Peter switches back to help us better understand our new identity as God's chosen, royal, and holy people and what that identity means for how we should live as strangers in the world. If you have your Bible open in front of you, I want you to look with basically his major implication of all that he's taught. Look at me at chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Peter writes, Based on everything that I've just said to you, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of your flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Peter wants these Christians to know that the way that they live their lives has the power to bring unbelievers to faith in Jesus Christ. We saw that how Christians relate to the government, how how Christian slaves relate to their masters, and how wives relate to their husbands, all has the power to bring others to faith in Jesus Christ And that brings us to our text this morning where Peter turns from speaking to wives, which we talked about last week. If you're interested in hearing more about that, you can go listen to that sermon on our website. But he turns from addressing wives and speaking to wives and addresses husbands, telling them what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus and an exile and stranger in this world as they relate to their wives in marriage. I want you to follow along with me as I read 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, this is God's word. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, we're going to tackle this verse this single verse in four points in point 1 we're going to consider the command for husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way in point 2 we're going to consider the command to show honor to our wives and what that means then in points 3 and 4 we're going to consider the two reasons that we're to do these things in point 3 that we'll see that we should do these things because our wives are co-heirs of, of ours with salvation And at point four, we see that we should do these things because God will oppose us if we don't. The temptation here, though, if you're not a husband, let's say for women, for men who aren't married, for boys here who aren't husbands, is to check out and think that this passage doesn't have anything to teach you, but please don't do that. There is so much here for all of us, right? For the young ladies, if God intends for you to be married, this is gonna show you the type of man that you should look to marry one day in life. Uh, For the wives who are here, this is gonna teach you how you can be praying for your husband and encouraging him in the ways that he's already doing what God calls him to do. And for the boys and unmarried men, this is gonna teach you the type of man you should strive to be if you're gonna be married someday. So don't check out. There is so much here for all of us but first we want to consider Peter's command for husbands to live with their wives in an understanding way. Husbands should live with their wives in an understanding way. Look at me again at verse seven. Peter writes, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. At first glance, you might think that living with your wife in an understanding way refers to being a good listener and perhaps being sympathetic to your wife and her needs. And while those are definitely included in what Peter intends them to hear, to live with your wife in an understanding way entails much more than that. The phrase literally means live with your wife according to knowledge or live with your wife according to understanding. And the knowledge Or understanding, Peter has in mind, isn't just personal understanding of our wife, but knowledge and understanding of the gospel and of marriage itself. To live with our wives in an understanding way first requires understanding the gospel. I want you to notice again the very first word of verse 7. What does Peter say? Very first word. Likewise. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Interestingly, this is the same word that begins his instruction for wives. Look back at chapter 3, verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Then chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. His instruction for both wives and husbands is based on what came right before this section. And what came right before this section is his instruction to them both was a description of the way Jesus Christ willingly endured suffering to bear our sins so that we could be forgiven. And in doing so, he left us an example to follow in. And Jesus's sacrificial death is an example for both wives and husbands to follow. For wives, it shows them how they can entrust themselves to their husband's leadership by following in the footsteps of Jesus who submitted himself to his father's will. And for husbands, it shows how the God of the universe, the Lord of all creation, the firstborn and all-powerful son, willingly used his strength and power to sacrifice himself for the good of his bride, the church. To live with your wife according to knowledge, to live with her in an understanding way refers first and foremost to you husbands understanding the gospel, to you understanding what Jesus did in the gospel, and to understanding how you can follow the pattern he laid down for you in the gospel. I want you to think of how Paul describes Jesus in Philippians, right? that he did not count equality with God something to be grasped. He didn't use his status as the second person of the Trinity. He didn't use his identity as the eternal Son of God as something to be wielded for his own good, but instead emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross for his bride. Likewise, husbands, You can follow in Jesus' footsteps by not using your authority as the head of your family for your own good. By not wielding your headship as a club to beat those around you with, but instead exercising your authority in a sacrificial way that blesses and builds up those under your care. You can't live in an understanding way with your wife unless you first understand the gospel And how the way Jesus' use of his authority in the gospel is now an example for you to emulate in your marriage. And that ties directly into the second thing living with your wife in an understanding way refers to. And that's living with a clear understanding of what marriage is meant to be a picture of. We even see the unique nature of marriage and the marriage relationship in Peter's instruction to husbands. This entire section has been tied together by the theme of being subject, right? That's what this whole section is about. Christians are to be subject to governing officials. Christian slaves are to be subject to their masters. Wives are to be subject to husbands. And yet, this is the only time in this entire section in which Peter addresses the one in authority, right? When telling Christians to submit to governing officials He never speaks to the governing officials and tells them how to live. When telling slaves to be subject to the master, he never addresses the masters and tells them how to live. But when he comes to marriage, he speaks both to the wife and to the husband about their particular roles in marriage because marriage, among all these other relationships and institutions, is unique. And it's unique because of the way that it is a living picture of how God relates to his people, the church. To live with your wife in an understanding way entails living with an understanding of how marriage is meant to be a picture of Jesus' love for his people and the husband's love for his wife is meant to display Jesus' sacrificial love for his people. We heard it read already by Adrian, but but think again of what Paul says in Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives. How? How? and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. Husbands, in the same way that Jesus loved the church by laying down his life for her, in the same way that he washed her in the water of the word being concerned for her sanctification and holiness, in the same way that he nourishes and cherishes the church, so you are to do the same for your wife. Yes, God has given husbands the role of leading in marriage. God has given the husbands authority in marriage, but that leadership and authority is to be exercised in a sacrificial manner as you give yourself up for her good, as you seek to wash her in the water of the word, as you seek to nourish, cherish, and care for your wife. Husbands, you've been given the role of emulating Christ's love for the church by laying down your life for your wife. You're to be a living picture of Christ to your wife and to your kids and to your neighbors and to your friends and to your extended family. We live with our wives in an understanding way, first by understanding the gospel, second by understanding what marriage is meant to portray, and then third by understanding the particular wife that God has given to you. If you're gonna follow in Jesus's footsteps, if you're going to lay your life down for your wife, you're going to wash her in the water of the word and nourish and cherish her, then you're going to need to know your wife. You're going to need to understand your wife, right? You need to know what makes your wife tick. You need to know what gets under her skin. You need to know what she's afraid of. You're going to need to understand what she loves, what she doesn't love, and what stresses her out. You're going to need to know her joys, her burdens, her sorrows, her struggles, her desires, her hopes, her dreams. You need to know the challenges that she faces each day, what her common temptations are, and where she's prone to turn for comfort and rest. You need to know these things and so much more. And living with your wife, isn't, in an understanding way, isn't a class that you pass just once and then are done with. It isn't a school that you graduate from. Right, Just as your wife will be married to many different men in the year she's married to you because you will change over those years, so also you'll be married to many different women in the years you're married to her because she will change over those years. And understanding her in one season might not look the same as understanding her and living with her in an understanding way in the next season. What brought her joy in one season of life may not as much in the next. What causes her stress in one season of life may not in the next. What tempts her, what encourages her, what scares her in one season may not in the next. And so seeking to live with her in an understanding way never ends. To the brothers who are married, I, I wanna bring these different types of understanding together to help us think about how we can grow in living with our wives in an understanding way. First off, how are you doing spending time in the word? How are you doing spending time considering Jesus and thinking about what he's done for you specifically? Are you spending time in the word? Are you treating the word and prayer more like a, a thing to, to check off your to-do list, just one more item on your to-do list, or are you seeking to meet with God in his word? Are you, are you going to the word thirsting for the words of eternal life, right? devoid of a personal relationship with Jesus and regularly seeking to be reminded of what God has done for you through his son Jesus, we will be unable to live with our wives with the type of understanding that Peter is calling us here to. How often are you thinking about and praying for strength to love your wife the way that Jesus loved the church? How often are you praying for God's help to know how and when and what to say to wash your wife in the water of the word? Are you praying for her holiness as Christ prayed for the holiness of the church? Where does your wife show up on your prayer list and in what capacity? Are you praying to be marked by an increasingly Christ-like sacrificial spirit to mark you in your household, right? These are all questions that we want to be asking ourselves about our own understanding of the gospel and our own understanding of marriage before we move to understanding our wives. But then moving beyond that, how are you doing growing and living with your wife in an understanding way? Do do you know what pushes her buttons? And do you seek with all your might not to push those buttons? Do you know what season of life she's in? And what the particular challenges of that season are? And how you might come alongside of her to help relieve her of the burden of those challenges by sharing, that burden with, by sharing that burden alongside of her. Right? Do you know when to speak and when not to speak? I realize that that's a fine line that we won't always get right. Do you know when she just wants to be heard and when she's actually asking for your advice to help fix a problem? Do you know what, that, what you do that gets under her skin? What one pastor even said, do you know the difference between fine, I'm fine, and I'm fine? Do you know when one means I'm actually fine and one means I desperately need your help? That's part of what living with your wife in an understanding way. It's, it's learning your wife in that way. Do you know what you do that gets under her skin? Do you know how she's doing spiritually? Do you know if she's in a spiritually dry season or one that's thriving? Does she feel distant from God or close to him? Does she have any doubts about her faith? And then if she shares this with you, it might not be time for a theological lecture, but for you to, to listen, engage, and ask questions. Husbands, you should consider today, after service, asking your wife how you can live in a more understanding way with her. Give her some time to think about it and then say, hey, I'm gonna circle back with you because I'm seriously interested in your answer. And I'm going to circle back with you later on this evening. I want want to hear what you have to say. And then when she shares with you, by all means, don't get defensive. Listen to what she says. And then pray for God to to grant the Spirit to to help you hear what is true and what, what you should do and how you should respond to what she's sharing with you. To the young boys in the room, you can start practicing this now with your mom or with your sisters if you have them. I assume that there are things that you do that upset your mom or frustrate her or may annoy your sisters if you have them, right? For the young boys, maybe it's consciously making your mom have to give you instructions multiple times before you obey. Maybe it's wearing your shoes through the house when you know that mom would prefer you to take them off. Uh, maybe it's bothering your sister when you know that she doesn't want to be bothered. Maybe it's when she's playing with a toy, you don't go up and take that toy away from her and then, and then laugh in her face, right? If you have younger sisters, right? In all these ways, we're practicing for the future, young men and boys. And for the husband, in all these ways, we're living with our wife in an understanding way. But we see a second thing that Peter calls us to, and that's to show honor to our wives. And that brings us to point two. Point two husbands are to show honor to their wives. I want you to look again at verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. When, When Peter refers to the woman as the weaker vessel here, he isn't referring to her intellectual, emotional, moral, or spiritual capacities. He's simply pointing out the obvious, which is that, generally speaking, men are physically stronger than women, right? When we go back to the very beginning, when God made us male and female, he made us for specific purposes, and bound up in those specific purposes are biological realities, one of which being that, on the whole, men are physically stronger than women. In that sense, women are the weaker vessel. And just so we're clear on how that plays out in the world. The top female crossfeet athletes and the crossfit athletes in the world are way stronger than me. They would destroy me in a workout. Like no joke. I would be on the ground, gassed, and they would be laughing, running circles around me. The top female swimmers in the world would also destroy me in swimming. The top female tennis players would crush me. The top female basketball players, I could probably hang with. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They would dominate me, right? But if you put those women against men who are training in the exact same sport, the man's going to win, right? If you did it in CrossFit, the man would win. Did it in tennis, swimming, right? That, that's just the nature of things. Men have a God given physical advantage. That was given to them by God for the provision and protection of those under their care. Namely, their wife and children. And the man's strength, the husband's strength, is to be used for their good, the wife and the children. That's how God designed it to work. Unfortunately, sin comes into the world, corrupts the relationships between man and woman, between husband and wife. After sin comes into the world, the the woman seeks to take the authority that belongs to the man, and the man sinfully uses his strength and authority to act like a tyrant towards his wife. And we've seen this paradigm play out more times than we can count throughout human history. And in our culture, we, we see it play out, unfortunately, in the home, in public, at schools, in churches, in the workplace. Men have sinfully used their strength to dishonor women and serve themselves, rather than use their strength to bless and build up the women in their lives. But living as exiles in this world, living as citizens of God's kingdom, means returning to God's original design for marriage. It means returning to living out God's good purposes in giving men and husbands physical strength, which is that they would use their strength to show honor to their wives and to all women. I want you to notice how Peter switches his language in verse seven. He says, live with your wives in an understanding way. You would expect him to say, showing honor to her, your wife, as a weaker vessel, but he says, showing honor to the woman. This is a general form for all women, not just your wife. Showing honor is to be characteristic, not just of how husbands treat their wives, but of how all men treat all women, we're to show honor to them, we're to use our strength to serve, help, protect, and provide for them, we're we're to treat our wives with great care, we're to use our strength to treat them as precious, not to exert our will to get our own way. The question that we face as husbands and as men as we think about our relationship with the women God has placed in our lives is... Are we showing them the honor that God clearly calls us to show? When you're around coworkers and one starts complaining about their wife and then everyone else piles on and and talks about their wives in a demeaning way, do you follow suit and dishonor your wife just to to jump in and and be part of the crowd by, by speaking poorly about her or do you show honor to her even when it's awkward? Right? As exiles in this world, you will face situations like this and you'll need to be prepared to obey God even when those situations happen. Uh, if you have kids and your wife stays home to take care of them, when you get off of work and come home, do, do you count that as me time or are you showing honor to your wife by helping with the dishes, uh, cleaning the kitchen, uh, helping with laundry? Uh, Picking up the kids' rooms. Recognize that your wife stays home with the kids. If she stays home with the kids, she never gets off of work. When you come home from your job outside of the home, you're you're now entering into your job inside of the home, and you're to use your strength to come alongside of her and help her and bless her. Husbands, how are you doing in not being harsh with your wife? Uh, Do you treat your wife like she's dumb? Do you roll your eyes when she expresses concerns or fears? Uh, do you act like, uh, do you walk, just walk away and act like what she shared doesn't matter? Uh, do you insult and demean her? Do you dismiss her and neglect her input and opinions? Uh, do you remind her that you have the authority and that she's called to submit? Do you, do you treat her like a dude and just tell her that she needs to suck it up? Uh, I still laugh with Leah about this. Uh, It's what I would call my low point as a husband. And it would be like a paradigm example of not showing honor to your wife. It came right after we came home from the hospital with our first son, Jack. This is nine months into marriage. Uh, So I was very new at marriage and very new at being a parent. And Leah, having just had a child, had all these new fears and concerns that she didn't have before having a child. And so she was talking about all the different fears and concerns that she had Like, we literally had just come home from the hospital. So, I'm like two days into into being a father. Like, I know what I'm doing, right? So, she's sharing these concerns. Uh, He's in the bedroom sleeping, and I think he either coughs or sneezes. And she's like, Can you pray that he's going to be okay? And I responded in a very not Christ like way by saying, No, I'm not going to pray for that. That's ridiculous. He's fine. He just coughed or sneezed or whatever he did. That is a great example of what it looks like to not show honor to your wife, to not live with your wife in an understanding way. In that moment, I wasn't seeking to understand all the new fears that she had as a brand new mom. It was just like wanting my own way. Like, no, don't bother me with those types of things. We don't need to worry about that. Rather than entering in and better understanding why those things were now scary and fearful to her. Uh, I I also like to say that I, I set the bar really low as a husband at that point. Uh, not long after being married, so it could only go up from there. Uh, And I'm happy I haven't made that mistake uh, again. But, But are we doing those things in marriage? Are we treating our wives dismissively? Are we not honoring them? Are we not understanding them? Brothers, if you've done those things, you need to repent. You're not loving your wife as Christ has loved the church. You're called to nourish and cherish your wife. Think even of how Jesus is described in scripture. He is the sympathetic high priest who sympathizes with us in our weakness. A bruised reed he would not break and a smoldering wick he would not snuff out. He is not harsh towards us. So why would we ever want to treat our wives harshly? I do also wanna say, just take a step back and say to the brothers in the room who are married that I am super encouraged by how I see so many of you doing this how I see so many of you seeking to live with your wife in an understanding way, uh, seeking to show her honor. Imperfectly, of course, all of us are imperfect in that manner, but I see you guys doing that. And over the last six years, you all have been a sharpening force in my life to make me a better husband, to make me wanna be a better husband to Leah and to more faithfully live with her in an understanding way and to show honor to her. And I wanna thank you all for that and just encourage you to keep doing that more and more in your lives. But we also have to recognize the reality that there are some situations in which wives are being treated so harshly that they may need to find help from others. I, I, I want to say to the, any of the sisters who are here that if any of you are in a situation where your husband is using his strength to physically abuse you or your children, please come talk to the elders. Uh, please seek help from the authorities. Your husband should never use the strength that God has given him that way. And one of the most loving things that you can do for him is to tell others about what he's doing. Because if he continues to use his strength that way, not only will that endanger you, but he will have to stand before God in judgment and answer for his sins if he doesn't get help. Uh, but I said that earlier, that, uh, I said earlier that this passage has something to teach us all. And to the young boys, I want to ask you again, how are you doing showing honor to your mom? Do you honor your mom by obeying her the first time so that she doesn't have to repeat herself over and over? Are you showing honor to your mom by being respectful even when you disagree with what she's saying? Or do you maybe scream and yell at her or stomp off? Uh, Do you help your mom by picking up around the house or do you make her clean up after you? As some of you get older and stronger, are you carrying groceries in from the house or suitcases when you travel? How are you doing showing honor to your sisters? If you have them, do you use your strength to intimidate them? Do you demand your own way? Maybe, maybe there's a kid-appropriate show or movie that you want to watch, but your sister finds it scary. Do you look for a movie that she's okay with watching, or do you get mad and yell at her? When you're playing outside, do you keep an eye out for your sisters? If they fall and get hurt, do you run and comfort them and care for them, getting the help they need, or do you dismiss them and ignore them? Boys, you can start practicing today showing honor to the women in your life, which will help you in the long run by preparing you for honoring your wife in marriage. To the young ladies, uh, especially to the ones in your later teens, uh, the world is going to paint a picture for you of what it means to be a man, and inevitably, that picture will be lopsided and out of proportion. Uh, The world will either paint a picture of an ideal man who is so lacking in strength and courage that he can't protect the women in his life and can't provide for them, or it will paint the opposite, a man who has no capacity for tenderness, for honoring women, who believes the peak of masculinity is to exert his will over women. The godly man that God commends is one who is both strong and tender, who realizes that his strength has been given as a gift for the good of others, and who actively seeks to use that strength to honor the women in his life. That's the type of man that you should notice as you get older, the type of man that you should pray that God would bring into your life. Husbands are called to show honor to our wives and live with them in an understanding way. And we see two reasons in the text why we should do these things. We're gonna hit these quickly. Point three, first, we should show honor to our wives and live with them in an understanding way because they are co-heirs with us of eternal life. Look at verse seven. Showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Peter wants these husbands to know that though they may be stronger than their wives, their physical strength has no bearing on their standing before God over and against their wives. Right, that before the, the throne of God, both husbands and wives are completely equal, equal in value, in dignity, and honor. This is why Paul said in the church there is no male or female. He didn't mean that we ceased to be men and women, nor did he mean that there were no God-given roles for men and women in the church. He meant that we weren't to judge one another as male and female the way the world did. And by by and large, the world treated women as second-class citizens in the Greco-Roman world. It would have been normal for husbands to regard their wives as property. So when it came to their standing before God, some men may have been tempted to think that they had some higher privilege before God than their wives. And Peter wants to blow up that way of thinking. And he does so by using the language of inheritance. He says that women are heirs with us of the grace of life. This likely doesn't land on us the way that it would have landed on a first century Jew or Gentile, right? In the ancient world, the line of inheritance traveled through the firstborn son. It was the firstborn son who was the heir. It was the firstborn son who would receive whatever land or wealth the family would pass down. For daughters to participate in receiving an inheritance, they would have to marry a man who received an inheritance from his family. But Peter is saying about the most precious inheritance of all, the inheritance of the imperishable, undefiled, and unfading life that awaits God's people, that women are heirs with men of that grace of life. They have equal access to the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. And the reason that both men and women are co-heirs and receive the privileges reserved for the firstborn son is because we've all been united by faith to the firstborn son of all creation, Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has secured for us God's eternal inheritance, all who are in Jesus by faith will receive that inheritance, whether male or female. Right? We're, we're all equal as sinners. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and we're all equal at the foot of the cross. All of us needs to be cleansed and forgiven of our sins. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God freely and equally pours out his spirit on all who call on him in truth, whether male or female, and women who call on Jesus as Lord will be saved and become daughters of the great king, daughters of the most high God, which brings us to point four, the second reason we should honor our wives and live with them in an understanding way is because God will oppose us if we don't. Look at verse seven again. Live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel since they are heirs with you, the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. If you and I fail to live with our wives in an understanding way and show honor to her as God has called us to, we are damaging our own spiritual life. Our prayers will be hindered. Now, now this could mean two different things. It could mean that the sin of failing to show honor to our wives and living with them in an understanding way causes us to feel distant from God and as a result, our prayers are hindered because we pray less, because we've sinned, and we just feel that distance from God. But I don't think that is what Peter is talking about. I think Peter more likely means that our prayers will be hindered because God refuses to listen to them. God will oppose you if you don't show honor to your wife. We see this throughout scripture. Proverbs 28, verse nine. If you, want, you can write these down if you wanna look at them later. If one turns away from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Isaiah 59, verse 2. Your sins have hidden God's face from you so that he does not hear. If you just look in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3, I think it's verse 12 that's coming up. Peter's about to cite Psalm 34. And what does he cite? For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Brothers, if you mistreat, neglect or dishonor your wife, God will oppose you and won't listen to your prayers. The God who sees into the heart despises according to Isaiah and will not listen to the hypocritical prayers of men who dishonor their wives at home and then come to church and lift up their hands in prayer to him. We cannot do these things at home and then show up at church and suppose that God is pleased with us. Right? You, you can't insult your, li- your wife with your lips and then show up to church and offer praise to God. Right? Paul writes, he who loves his wife loves himself. The other side of that coin is he who dishonors his wife hates himself because he imperils his own spiritual welfare. Some of you husbands and fathers may be in this situation, but even if you're not, I'm sure this will make sense to you. Imagine your daughter is old enough to date or be married, and the young man that is dating her or is married to her is constantly dishonoring her is constantly not living with her in an understanding way. He's using his strength for his own good. He dismisses her. He neglects her. He leads her into sin. You tell me what your attitude toward that young man is going to be. Is it going to be all warm and fuzzy? Come here, let me treat you like a brother. Are you, are you going to confront him? Are you, are you going to speak clearly to him about the sins that he's committing and call him to Repentance you know that your wife has a father, right? I'm not talking about her dad. I'm talking about her royal father, the the great king of all creation. And you will have to answer to him for how you've treated your wife. And he won't be sitting on a porch with a shotgun. He's gonna be sitting on a throne flanked by thousands and thousands of angels. And you and I will have to give an account for how we have treated his daughter over the course of our lives. To not live with your wife in an understanding way is to disobey the king of all creation, the Lord of life, and the judge of all the earth. You can't dismiss God's commands in this area of your life because your wife is hard to get along with or a difficult person to be around. Jesus is your example in those situations, brothers. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. you're in a season as a husband where you feel distant from God, where your spiritual life is dry, if your desires for God are waning, where it seems like God isn't answering any of your prayers, consider taking a look at your marriage and consider how you're treating your wife. Ask your wife, am I honoring you? Am I living with you in an understanding way? Listen to what she has to say. I'm not saying that if you are feeling a season, experiencing a season of spiritual dryness, if prayers aren't being answered, that that is definitely the problem. But it's one, one question to ask yourself, right? And if you find that you're not living with your wife in an understanding way, if you're not showing honor to her as a co-heir with you of eternal life, there is good news. There is one prayer that God will hear and that is the prayer of repentance. He promises to hear, when my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins. Brothers, if there is any way that you've fallen short in this area, let me encourage you to seek the Lord, to repent of your sins, to commit again to living with your wife in an understanding way, to commit to showing honor to her as a weaker vessel. Let's make today a day of commitment. Maybe you recognize today that you're not a considerate husband, that you haven't shown honor to your wife, that you haven't lived with her in an understanding way, that your your life can't be characterized as one of being considerate of her. If that's you, repent, turn to God. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and give you a new heart. God promises that he will turn away none of those who come to him in faith. And for those who have turned to Jesus in faith, who are trying but have failed as we all have, let's make today a day of renewal, of repenting for all the little ways that we've fallen short in this area and of seeking to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, who used his strength to sacrifice and serve his bride. Brothers, let's commit to doing that this week and in the weeks to come for our wives, to living with them in an understanding way, to showing honor to them, as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs with us of the grace of life, and so that our prayers won't be hindered. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the the call for husbands is in one sense an unattainable call. We recognize that we will not love our wives the way that Christ has loved the church, but we do not use that as an excuse to not try. We know that you've given us your spirit and we pray that you would work by your spirit in our hearts to live with our wives in an understanding way this week, to show honor to them, to rejoice in the fact that we are gonna stand around your throne together as co-heirs of salvation, worshiping you for all eternity. So help us to love our wives as ourselves in the week to come. Help the young men here to strive also to live with the women in their lives in an understanding way, to, to commit to showing honor to them. We pray for your richest blessings on the men of this congregation that you would make us more like your son Jesus Christ and it's in his name that we pray, amen.